I'm Kevin Nikolai, and you are not, but you are listening to the Perplex Pad, possibly while multitasking. This week on the Perplex Pad, we have the amazing photographer, Ala Panamareva, and her husband, Garrett Hone, will be joining us to chat about their gorgeous Montana getaway, the Honestead. What's a Honestead? Find out right now. You're listening to the Perplex Pad, and I'm Kevin Nikolai. This week on the Perplex Pad, we have Ala and Garrett. Ala Panamarova. Is that right? Panareva. Panareva. I'll take it. <laughs> I, well, I was trying to look up a Russian pronunciation. So, how, how are Russian. Ukrainian pronunciation? <laughs> Russian pronunciation would be uh, Panamareva. Ah, I like that. That's the nice. sounds, but there's no yo really in English, so we just they went with uh, R E V A instead. So I am Ala Panmariva or Panmariva. And and Garrett, are you also Panmariva? Uh, slightly more simple. Hone. Hone. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Very uh, nice. Straight up. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the Perplex Pat. Um, so far on the Perplex Pat, I've had a very international feel. Because I started with uh, an Australian, Raphael, and he was born in the Sydney Opera House, which was interesting. Then went to Hank, born in Spain, born right into a bull ring, I've been told. Then John in England, Beatrice was raised in Korea, Gaia, Italy, and then I got a couple of random Americans in there. And now you two, and you're my first twofer. So, so Ala, where were you born? I was born in Odessa, Ukraine. Uh, just in a hospital, nothing fancy like an upper house, or just a, a regular hospital. Okay, or a bullring. And I would fall into the group of the random Americans. I was uh, born born in the Midwest and uh, made my way out to Montana uh, in the 90s. So, Born in the Midwest where? Just general Michigan. Midwest? Michigan. Yeah. Okay, very nice. He always nice. says he was born in the wrong place. Yeah, Montana is his home. Indeed. Okay. All right, and uh, just just so I can focus a little on Ala just for the moment, um, so what what exactly is your what are you doing in in Korea right now? Anyways, what is your job title? <laughs> I'm an English teacher. An English teacher. Where are you at? Um, I'm teaching at Mogwan University. Very as nice. Well as Garrett. Yeah. So we're gonna out here. Actually, I started off at Wusong. That was my first university gig about 10 years ago. And then Garrett was at Mogwan and he said, you know, vacation is a little better out here, <laughs> a little longer. So that's, so that's why you left us. After uh, seven to eight months, I quit Wusong and I jumped on over to Mogwan and I've been there. I've been yeah, there ever since. Okay, cool, cool, wonderful. And um, this podcast is mainly about kind of the passions that sustain us. And it was my understanding that you do, did you, did you teach photography? Did you teach did. a photography class? Okay, so you have a little bit of expertise in there and you're in the Dejan Art Collective and you do mm-hmm. some photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and what kind of photography are, do, you, do you find most interesting that pulls you in? So um, I do mostly family photography, couples photography, occasional like random projects, like someone is starting a company and they want me to photograph their shoes or maybe some kind of um, bike strap 
or sweat. Um, yeah, it's just been kind of uh, very exciting to work with different expats uh, here in Daejeon, uh, working on their projects, but also um, just doing photography and improving and learning over the years. I'm basically a self-taught, you know, a lot of YouTube videos. I did do a New York Institute of Photography uh, professional photographers course, uh, but I think there's so many resources out there that you really don't have to get uh, certification nowadays. Uh, but it sounds like a lot of your photography, um, it's more professional in that you are paid. Mm -hmm. that's, right, that's which, right. Which, which to me is really interesting that you've made kind of a, a little side career out of that. That's right. Um, you know, photography is not a cheap hobby and there's a lot of that goes into, you know, different types of equipment. Uh, also, the knowledge that you get, the time that you put in, uh, there's a lot of time put in like into editing and different presets. There's just a lot of different uh, details when it comes to photography. It's not just uh, pushing a button and um, even something like spending time with people. You know, do you make sure they have a good time? Uh, do you entertain them while taking amazing photos? Uh, also researching great locations, also being very mindful, purposeful with the time of the season. Like, is it cherry blossoms? Is it uh, beautiful fall foliage? So it's all very, very um, specific and I love what I do. And uh, yeah, I've been doing it for eight or 10 years now. It's been great. And what are some of your tricks to get people into that comfortable state? I've seen some of your pictures. People feel very relaxed in the moment. Do you have any special tricks or do you just click a thousand photos and hope one comes out right? <laughs> um, I guess I'm, I'm always coming in um, very well prepared. I know where I'm going. I know uh, the spots that I'm trying to hit. Um, in terms of communication, I'm always very positive and open. I'm always smiling. If there are kids involved, I'm playing with the kids, we're running around, I'm telling them to tickle each other, I'm telling them to run around and you know just crash into mom and dad. So they're not just being stationary and static, they're having a wonderful time. Mm. And uh, I hope it shows in the pictures. That, that sounds a little bit dangerous, honestly. <laughs> if you have them run and crash, because if you were to tell my daughter Beatrice to run and crash into me, she'd say, okay, and then she'd grab a baseball bat, and then she'd come at me. <laughs> so hopefully you haven't had too many black eyes on, on set. Yeah, not yet. Okay. <laughs> good, good, good. But then you also have the more artistic side of things. It's not just these family shots and this professional stuff. Um, you also like do the stuff in the Dejan Arts Collective, and that has a very um, certain feel and focus to it, I feel. And I've noticed you've used kind of crystal balls in your work a bit. And I was wondering if you could talk kind of like about when you decide to use those and what effect you feel and how does that work well with photography? Um, for me, photography is a very, very creative hobby. So it, like it's more than just working with people. You can be very like creative. So sometimes I research and I find, you know, how how do other people make their shots stand out? So one of the props that has started to kind of make its way around the the Instagrams and the internets is this crystal ball. And I was very intrigued and I thought, well, let's see, you know, how much it is and whether or not I can afford it. And um, I think it was maybe 20 bucks. 
for like an eight centimeter or 10 centimeter ball. It's a little bit heavy, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, it's everything that you photograph through it gets refracted and flipped upside down. So you have to be very mindful with your foreground and your background and then what goes into the ball. And yeah, it's been so much fun uh, just to look at the world, not through the lens, but through double lens, because now I have a ball in front of me as well. And uh, yeah, again, very, very, um, it pushed me to my limit, I would say creatively. And I love it. And where can people see this? Um, I think I've, I post a lot of my stuff uh, still on my Instagram. There are some, a couple of articles about it on my blog. And uh, yeah, those are my primary uh, sources of posting, Instagram and my blog, alapanmareva.com. And you're kind of a well-known blogger in the area, I feel, because I was talking with, I went out to dinner last night and I was talking with someone and I said, I'm interviewing you tomorrow. And he goes, oh, I know her. I've, I've seen her blog. So you're getting out there. You're a little bit of a social media darling out there already. Are you not? <laughs> No, honestly, I've been blogging for, for a while, just as long as I've been living in South Korea. And after like 10 years blogging, you're just like, you know, what else can I write about? And I just write about different things that interest me. So it is photography and travel. Uh, I blog about Daejeon and just places that I visit, places that I discover in the city. And I hope that people who live here can take away from it and go to those places and enjoy that. And and uh, are you so are you are you a fan of Dajon? Of and, course. And I what it has to offer. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's Dajon for a reason, <laughs> or it was rather. <laughs> I so, think a lot of people who don't know a lot about South Korea, they they say and they ask, "Oh, you live in Seoul? Oh, you don't? Uh, oh, Dajon? Like I don't know where where that's at." And honestly, I love that. I love that we don't live in the capital. We don't live in Busan, even though I love the sea. But Daejeon is like a perfect little city. It's not too big, not too small. I love having the Gapchon River running through the city. Um, I love, you know, before COVID, all the different events and activities that were out here. I love that we're like so close to the mountains. There's so many parks. It's just a cool little city for photographing and just to live and explore. It really is. And I've just started getting into the mountains in the past year, and I know there's like a lot more to hit. Have you done all the mountains in Daejeon? Not all of them. <laughs> there's a but, lot. Um, there's like nine. Yeah. <laughs> Garrett is not really into hiking, um, but, you know, we do get out together sometimes, but it's mostly me. And with photography, I've just been like, oh, I haven't photographed this place or that place. So I go like on my solo adventure which i absolutely love i love being alone and you know with my thoughts as well as with my husband of course but there's something about just being in nature alone just listening to the birds seeing occasional squirrel or even like a deer which is crazy but yeah sometimes you see those things and it's, it's really exciting I, yeah and i loved uh i saw an otter in the river the, uh, the a couple weeks ago i was so happy by seeing that cool. otter have you seen any otters yet no. Okay. Can you keep your the, eye the year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's our biggest uh, wildlife conquest in, in uh, Korea. Yeah, just some ducks on the Gapchan, yeah. maybe some birds, some cranes. That's about it. Oh, I love those cranes. They're huge. All right, I want to shift gears. I want to go over to the homestead to bring in, to bring in Garrett here and kind of like talk about this little world you got going on.
with the homestead and, and this is in montana that's correct okay so tell me how that got started and what got you guys into this and what is the homestead let's okay, start with right. there so, define so define the homestead uh, yeah okay a buddy of mine came up with the name we were we had a different name beforehand and the homestead is a combination of my last name and like homesteading back in the day you got yeah you got a section uh i want to say it was it's a 640 640 acres back in the day like the 1800s and i think you got it for five years and if you stayed there then it was yours so um not a lot of people i know have 640 acres these days and we definitely don't uh, but it's a combination of that kind of idea you know kind of home homesteading plus my last name which is hone and uh, buddy mine's like why don't you use your last name it would be perfect homestead i was like oh wow that's yeah. that's pretty cool h-o-h-n yeah so uh, that's how like the name came about but the actual physical home homestead homestead came <laughs> about um when we were in korea and we were working and my parents had uh looked around montana for like a, a big chunk of property and they said are you in do you want to buy in if we find something and so they looked they looked their asses off and for about 10 years they tried and tried and they found it and they they skyped us up i think at that time it wasn't a phone call it was a skype and and they said hey we found it are you in and said yeah we're in so we we bought sight unseen uh, a portion of that and we were here for another year before we got to go home and when we got there like when we bought this property it was off grid so that means no electricity um there was no road no septic no water just bare land so yeah, like it's uh, very genuine and organic. It started from bare land and um, every improvement we made is just this great thing. It's like, wow, this is awesome. And stuff that you take for advantage living in the city or just moving into a turnkey house. We had these like these tiny little victories uh, that made us appreciate these things that we all take for granted in modern day. And then it got to a certain point where we were starting to get comfortable uh, with our living quarters and we had uh, some out outbuildings and Allah said, hey, we should do like the Airbnb thing with the short-term rental. And I think people would like this. This was five years ago. Yeah. And and we laughed at her. We just thought, why would anybody come out here to be out in the woods and stay in this eight by 12 that I built for us to kind of like, we summered out of it. We stored brewing stuff in it. We did all sorts of stuff. Like nobody's going to come out here. There's no electricity. There's no running water. And I was like, no, I think people would like it. I'm from the East coast. I really think people would connect with nature and, so um on okay yeah let's do this humor you take some pictures of it we'll dress it up um we'll get a porta potty out here we'll put it up around christmas time and we'll see if anybody books it and that's how it all started mm. so basically for for about like 10 ish 10 years we would come out to montana every summer because yeah. we have more we'll uh, vacations summer vacations off and we would come to Montana and just work on our property and cut down trees. And there was so much work to do that we never even had an idea of like a business. Yeah. We just thought we have we have to build something that's for us and for the future. Mm -hmm. And then five years ago, as Garrett said, this idea of the shanty being uh, on Airbnb came up. And again, we weren't thinking business or any kind of making money off of anything. We just thought, let's try it. Let's see what happens. And then slowly that kind of started to grow, grow, grow. And over the past five years, we added more units. We created more uh, opportunities and experiences for our guests um, because we, we saw an opportunity and it was growing so quickly with every single summer. And uh, now it's like our business. 
like we created jobs for ourselves back home. Yeah, that's what it was. It was kind of like a test bed for, you know, like, hey, let's let's throw this uh, little, you know, lure into the uh, the water there and see if uh, anything bites on it. Maybe it could become something. Maybe we thought it would be like a supplemental thing when we move home. And now we're looking at it as our like golden parachute out of Korea to be our jobs. Hmm. And uh, that's uh, pretty refreshing and exciting at the same time to uh, we kind of got used to punching our own time clocks here. Um, the job's pretty loose. Um, nobody really checks up on us, but uh, just to be your own boss, like entirely, would be a pretty uh, pretty cool extra level of freedom uh, back in the US um, and uh, the whole COVID thing and people have got that remote work thing going on. So we got a taste of that over here and you know, taste of that back home. So we're starting to get the freedom bug a little bit. And uh, so that's where it all started and it was just completely happenstance, accidental, and um, I guess right place, right time. Um, COVID's been good to us in that capacity where people are wanting to, to go to nature and disconnect. And um, we've been there and it's been, it's been flat amazing, seriously. That, that just sounds remarkable. I think also right place, right time, you know, like those tiny houses are kind yeah. of like in the, you know, the mainstream uh, stuff that you, you see that around more mentions of the tiny houses, people wanting that lifestyle, people being compelled and drawn to them. And if you take a look at your guys' property, if you guys look it up online, you'll see the aesthetic of that, your uh, little homestead there, the, tri the triangular tent-like. It looks really nice. It doesn't look like this is just a utilitarian thing. It looks so perfectly, oh, ideal, I want to be there. You're able to tie in the Montana romance of it, I feel, by making it look really cool that's that feels like part of the magic to me in the marketing here yeah yeah i mean i think you could throw uh throw anything out in beautiful montana and it automatically becomes a little bit extra sexy because the property is so nice western montana is amazing and uh, all did amazing pictures on it and we definitely did design it with some aesthetics in mind but uh, most of that stuff is recycled uh it's always been kind of our ethos is uh aim small miss small in this whole business thing when we tried it we're like okay let's try it we don't want to put a lot of money into it Let's do what we can and see if it sticks and it's stuck. And um, it seems to really resonate with people that, um, you know, it's genuine and organic. And um, so we build things that are, that are functional, yeah. Um, and um, within our building realm, because we build everything ourselves, we don't pay out for any of that stuff. And uh, it happens to be aesthetic. And that's why the, the kids on Pinterest click on it. And, you know, maybe you saw it some, you may have seen, seen our A-frame just cruising uh, tiny houses. If you go to Google and type in like, tiny a-frame we're the first hit out of like three billion or something like Whoa. that yeah yeah that kind of gave us our street cred uh, with the a-frame design that you mentioned beforehand so then it really started to snowball thereafter cool and how many of those little a-frames you have now it's we have three units uh okay. they're not all a-frames uh we chose uh not to build the same thing many times people say oh so you're just gonna build like five of these right it's like nah i don't want a don't want to compete against myself right B, that's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, trends come and go. And, you know, I don't want right, right, right. to be a one-trick pony, I guess. And what's and the biggest one of these, like, how many people could realistically be in there for a... Or three. 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 <laughs> okay. That's Very a, nice. They're all, they're all betwixt uh, 80 and 100 square feet. Uh, just different configurations as far as space goes. But, um, yeah, it was part of uh, skirting, permitting, uh, a little bit of that. And that's kind of what some of the tiny house thing comes down to. So our demographic is like the 25 to 55 uh, couples, couples with kids, but at home or just honeymooners or... So we didn't, 
Another reason why we're not building, say, a thousand square feet is um, we're that's not our demographic. Our demographic is the 25 to 55 year olds, uh, people that are traveling, couples, young couples that are traveling, um, people, couples that are traveling with kids, but they've left them at home. Um, so kind of. Also, we're in the middle of the forest. <laughs> there is wildlife. We have bears. We have mountain lions. We have coyotes. Um, it's not safe let's say i mean it's not it's the safe. safest it's safe for people i mean you know if you just pee everywhere you're kind of letting them know that hey this is my property don't f with it uh, but for many reasons like that we don't encourage kids to come over mm. so it's like an adult playground adult summer camp if you will oh yeah yeah uh, i see what you're saying there um yeah it's best for for adults with sure footing and um yeah, it just just people don't you know disconnect and recharge and I don't, don't want to hear it. kids yeah, yelling people... and screaming <laughs> myself personally. Some folks are like, "This is great, you know, mom is taking care of the kids, and yeah. the fact that you guys are um, little cabins are off grid. Uh, we do have another building that has Wi-Fi, but people tell their families that they're completely disconnected for the next three days, so you can't get in touch with me." unless it's like an emergency with my kid. So yeah, people are so thankful that we Even get though that's not entirely true, but they kind of ham it up to the families. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, nothing, you can't get a hold of me three days, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I do like that. Well, you've heard about that the thing in Korea that people do with like, they go to like a fake prison or yeah, something, right? Yeah. That's not we're kinda like We're kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> less cement box, more nature. How much hiking do you have to do to get out to your place it's about one to one to two minutes okay that's it so okay. oh yeah, yeah it's not like for like full disclosure i hate sleeping on the ground like camping so like i kind of built these in the thought of like would i like this uh, and so yeah. i would like this because i don't have to sleep on the ground like an animal or a savage so it's clamping truly yeah the units are well separated from each other so you cannot see each other you usually cannot hear each other unless you're screaming um, you're parking and then you walk maybe a minute or two and then you're right there. Mm. But still, it feels like you are in the freaking forest, you know, in the wilderness. It's it's wonderful. Mm. It's a, a very different uh, definition of glamping that you might experience in Korea where you go out to your tent and you have air conditioning. Right. And you're, uh, you know, 10 feet away from the next guy who has also got his air conditioning and he's, you know, listening to his uh, gag show comedy on, on blast. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've Koreans that, definitely have yeah. a different version of it. Ours are separated, and we try to play to that strength that we know if somebody comes to Montana to vacation, they don't want to be 10 feet away from somebody else. Right. Yeah, there's a, I remember I went to a, like a Spavi's place, and I saw they had the glamping, and you got like like a CU right next to you, and you're right <laughs> next to everybody else. It's, ding dong, ding yeah, dong. Which is very convenient, yeah. yeah. In Montana, you have to drive for like 25 minutes <laughs> to get to the gas station. Or That's the way we like it, store. damn it. Well, that sounds wonderful. You think you'll set up some more units then? Because you're uh, going to keep on growing? plans for a fourth this, uh, this summer, but then um, that, that's it. We're done. Uh, it's about as much as two people would want to manage. Um, and when we go back, you know, the, when we go back, we're vacationing while we're doing our Airbnb. And that's kind of like trips people up. We're like, oh, this is your vacation? It's like, yeah, it's our vacation. You know, how can we help you? What do you need? So we're on the clock, uh, definitely more on the clock there than we are here in Korea. 
Um, but we do enjoy it. That's the thing is like, if we didn't enjoy it, we, we wouldn't do it. Um, but we're going to add the fourth and the fourth is basically what two people can handle reasonably and kind of keep that intimate setting and privacy without it seeming like a, a rotating door of people. And uh, yeah, we, we don't want to do that. We don't want to burn out. I like cleaning, but I don't like cleaning that much. <laughs> and that's kind of one of my jobs out there. And sometimes I have maybe two hours to clean three units. And sometimes it's not enough. I have to rush. But I always stop myself and I'm just like smelling the, you know, the pine forest and I'm hearing the squirrels hanging out. And it's just like such an amazing environment to be in while cleaning someone else's stuff, which is fine. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, we and that's only in the afternoon, the early afternoon when people leave. And then, you know, by the time it's clean again, we get all pumped up and so and so from Minnesota's coming and we're like, okay, cool, cool. All right. Well, they're gonna be here at seven. And it's like like a first date every couple of days. Uh, you never know who you're going to meet um and we've met some amazing people and you never know when you're going to get on with somebody and you're like okay well i guess i'm drinking at the campfire tonight and uh and watching the sunset yeah watching the, the sunset so just, um i mean wow. that's that's our like worst occupational hazard is being hung over so what are you gonna do that's great so does this have you with an eye to the exit of korea then or are you going to be managing the property and staying here what's your plan um Korea was always a stepping stone, so we're we're looking towards that way. Um, I don't know if uh, the university ship is taking water. Uh, it's a lot less scary uh, to know that we do have a, a golden parachute on the way out. So uh, we're not one to swim upstream. If when it's time, it's time. I'm I'm not going to be one of those crusty dudes just swearing it up and down. The last three years, ha having going away parties three years in a row, right? And then coming back or something like that. When, when we're done, we're done. Okay. So we won't fight it. And Ala, do you have any future artistic endeavors coming up? Uh, so because of the homestead, uh, I started to do a little bit more videos okay. and uh, like taping and editing stuff. Uh, we're starting a YouTube channel just to kind of connect people to the homestead, even if they're not there. Uh, they can always, you know, take in the sounds of the nature and the forest and kind of the whole like, um, you know, sleeping sounds or relaxing nature sounds type videos. And I just, uh, I really loved doing it last summer. Uh, it made me get out more. It made me kind of be very mindful about the sounds that I make while I'm recording and just, you know, hearing and listening all around me what's happening. And yeah, it's been, it's been great. So that's kind of on my radar right now is um, improving my editing skills and shooting skills. So the Homestead YouTube channel. And she's been super proactive and uh, planned about these things. Like any of the footage that you'll see on our Instagram or the website, everything is recorded. Um, and then we even record in June when it's still super, super neon green. So then she'll work on it during the, the school semester here when we actually have like reasonable internet uh, for uploading in time. So um, yeah, just kind of, the homestead is super planned out because we have to. We've got two months to to go back there and do it. And so she's working on the ASMR thing and that she really enjoys. Um, and then we'll have a second uh, second YouTube channel kind of talking about how we operate the homestead and different building tips. I, I enjoy building. And um, I think there's a, obviously a huge DIY um, circuit back home of people that like doing things like that. And there's no skill that's too basic. You know, people are always getting into things. so. We're happy to teach them and kind of get our name out there as well at the same time. And Ala likes the video editing and all the digital things. She does all that stuff. I'm completely clueless on it. Um, so that's have, kind of our new skill that she's working on as we transition out. 
I had uh, some experience with it uh, back at university. I studied communication with like TV production uh, specialty. And um, that was before digital. And you know, you had to record everything on tape and transcribe it in real time onto the computer. It was a pain in the butt. Um, and that's why I kind of stopped doing it after I graduated. Um, but nowadays it's a little bit faster and it's, it's kind of reigniting my love for for shooting and creating B-roll and different editing techniques and whatnot. So yeah, that's definitely on my, on my path for the future, I guess. Cool, wonderful. And if people wanna spend the night at the homestead, where do, the homestead, where do they, uh, where should they go? I'm glad you asked, www.thehomestead.com. Wonderful. Well, thanks H -O -A -N. guys. A-N. Yeah. S-T-E-A-D. <laughs> The H, H O H N. We'll put a link uh, right next to it when I post it. All right. Uh, appreciate Excellent. it. Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much. It was fun, guys. And I'll see you next time on the Perplex Bat. Ciao. Thanks, Kevin. Yep. I'm done. Thanks, Alan Garrett. That was something else. Now, I want to go disappear into the Montana wilderness and make friends with uh, Totoro or Sasquatch or Nessie or Chupacabra or that weird deer god from Princess Mononoke. See you next time on The Perplex Pad.